Welcome to Talking About Email, the podcast that tells you what's up in the world of email marketing. Brought to you by iContact. From the US to the UK, here are your hosts and email experts, John Hayes and Hank Hoffmeyer. Now let's get to Talking About Email. Cheers, y'all. Hey, and welcome to episode seven of Talking About Email Marketing. My name is John Hayes, and as always, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Hank, uh, in the US. Um, what are we talking about today, Hank? Hey, John, I actually found an article that I read that ties into today's topic. Uh, what I would like to talk about is email marketing and how important it is to make sure your emails are get, getting delivered to the inbox rather than the spam folder. I know as marketers, we really don't want to think about that often, but that is an important thing because if your emails don't get into the inbox, they're not going to be opened or acted upon. And I think, you know, we always focus on content quality of content and volume of content, but not necessarily some of the bad things that can happen. Hey, it's almost impossible to talk about email marketing without mentioning spam. And, um, you know, it's something that's been around for a long time as you know, we've you know, already discussed on this podcast. And it's something that's really damaging to the industry. Um, you know, a lot of people perceive, you know, good quality your timely, relevant, and engaging email still as spam. And I think it's a battle that, um, that we're winning, um, certainly in the, the email marketing um, software game and certainly within the email inboxes as well. People like Gmail are certainly squeezing a lot of the spammers out. And regulation as well is undoubtedly um, helping. Um, so, yeah, it would be great if in a year's time or two years' time, you know, People just thought of email marketing as as useful and engaging and, and, and relevant. And the words spam was consigned to you know, the kitchen cupboard where it probably should be kept on the lock and key. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of these uh, spammers or people that do nefarious things, or maybe they're just buying lists and they don't think they're doing anything wrong. You're, you're finding a lot of those are kind of exiting the industry or using other tactics where maybe five years ago, it was still relevant to send millions and millions of e- emails to people maybe did not want that. Because if you got a certain percent, even one or 3% of those people to act upon an offer, they still made money where like you said, Gmail and the other providers and even the private servers are making a lot of algorithm changes and uh, deflecting more email to the spam folder as well as you know with GDPR in the European Union which you're more knowledgeable about uh, in the castle legislation that you know talks about and and rules email marketing you know that's adapting over the years and can spam has been around for 15 years now which is the you know legislation here in the US the article I read was on entrepreneur.com and it was about a former spam king that reflected on 15 years in email marketing. And first, he started off uh, talking about 1978 when the first mass email was sent to 400 email addresses to promote a product. So it was pretty much the, the first uh, promotional email that went out. And you know now there's 269 billion emails sent and received each day. And that was based on 2017 numbers where... of those were 
marketing emails, and that's 135 billion marketing emails are sent each day, and it's probably higher now. And John, that's a lot of emails to go out through servers every single day. It's almost like you know we're living in a matrix, and there's just emails flying everywhere. Yeah, and it's also a lot of emails for um, yeah people to consume in in their inbox. Um, I'm wondering how how GDPR particularly will impact on those figures because I know it shook a lot of people up here in in Europe and I also know it shook a lot of people up in the US. I I know the amount of work um, we had to do eye contact to ensure that we were GDPR compliant. It wasn't an easy task and some companies have actually stopped doing business with Europe. They were so concerned about GDPR and I know since GDPR came in, my inbox um, is less crowded than it used to be. And personally, I think that's a good thing because mo- the majority of the emails I receive now, um, I recognize and, and I welcome. But um, yeah, you were reading about this, this former spam king, um, reflecting on his 15 years in, in email marketing, and you suggested to me that the, um, the Can Spam Act um, actively encouraged him to send more emails. Is, is that right? All right. And, and kind of in the middle of the article, he talks about the 90s where regulation was really inconsistent. Every state actually had to implement their own laws and regulations when it came to email marketing. Therefore, it would just depend on you know what state you're in, maybe what state you're sending to. Then in 2003, Congress passed the Can-Spam Act, which basically was a set of rules to follow when you're mailing recipients in the United States. And what's funny is it's a common misconception to many consumers because the can spam actually didn't really mean to stop spam emails. In fact, it actually gave spammers permission to send emails because can spam states that you need to provide a mechanism for somebody to unsubscribe. And really what you're looking at is that unsubscribe link at the bottom of emails. And people can also email you, call you and just say, I don't want to be on your list anymore where Castle and GDPR state, you have to have explicit consent. In other words, they have to really say, I want emails from you. Where CanSpam just says, you can buy a list and you can send to it. It's not against the legislation, but you have to provide a mechanism for unsubscribing. And as you and I just spoke recently, things are changing where, okay, maybe the legislation is not really doing a lot to reduce uh, the amount of spam you're getting here in the United States, but the algorithms are really ramping up and that's causing a lot of concern if you're sending a lot of emails is, are my emails getting into the inbox? Not necessarily am I following the law because you only make money if your emails are opened. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think there were so many you know, gray areas with, with um, can spam and things like um, you needed permission to contact somebody if you were sending a, a business to consumer email, but business to business, that was fine. But at the end of the day, at the end of every single email address is as an individual. I try not to differentiate too much between B2C marketing and B2B marketing because at the end of the day, it's people-to-people marketing. And at the end of the day, people are, it's people that buy your, your products or services, not, um, not corporations. 
Um, so yeah, so, so what, what did this guy do? Well, he didn't really state exactly what he did. And he went on to talk about, you know, how affiliate marketing came about and uh, people that send affiliate emails, which are basically you helping other people sell their products rather than you having a physical product or service to sell. Uh, you have a link to their product or service and then you make money off of people that buy from them. And he said he moved on and, and he's no longer in email marketing, probably because maybe it wasn't as uh, lucrative as it was back in the day. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was a pretty good article and it really reinforces what I talk about when I'm on stage. Uh, I talk about just doing the right things regardless of whether or not there's legislation because you just mentioned it's relationship marketing. You know, email marketing allows you to send a message in mass to many different people, but yet make it feel like it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation by injecting personalization and other data you may have into the email, which is very hard to do on social media. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioning affiliate marketing there. Um, you know, I have yeah, many um, clients who engage in affiliate marketing as either as affiliates or, um, or, or merchants. And when it comes to email marketing, it's something that you've really got to be careful with because your email is so personal. So if you're not fully aware of what your affiliates are sending out um, via email, it can really tarnish um, your reputation. I'm guessing this um, former spam king was involved in you know, affiliate marketing for, I won't mention any brand names, but things like eBooks and, and downloads and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, it was a lot of the sort of get-rich-quick schemes that sort of blew up with the internet in, in the 1990s. And, um, you know, nothing more than pyramid schemes, um, if you like. People jump on it. Some people make some money. Um, a lot of people waste a lot of time and a lot of effort. Because at the end of the day in business, you know, there's no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. Even when you hear about you know, these apps that explode and have tens of millions of people on the first few days, people have invested so much time and effort into creating these apps and then building the infrastructure around them to support them and getting the team in to support, you know, any bugs and things like that. There's no such thing as a get rich quick thing. And I think, um, you know, that is changing in the internet as well. We're seeing people, you know, building you know, great products now with longevity. And, you know, it's um, the, the internet is growing up. Yeah, I think, we're at a day and age where people can do a lot of research. We have, you know, cell phones that have unlimited data. We have fast computers. We're going to be quick to know if somebody is trying to push a product that is not of quality, or maybe, it's, you know, maybe it is an affiliate product that is worth something, but that company or that affiliate is not doing a great job convincing me to buy that product or service where I'm probably going to move on to another vendor or the actual person selling that product and service. And that's what it comes down to with email marketing or even social media and content marketing is the quality of information, value of information, and then also the deal that you're providing to someone uh, that's why I think the, the business model of affiliate marketing is going to kind of go away. And then now we have the gig economy, right? I think well, people started to become affiliates because they wanted to make money or make extra money uh, on the side and promote books on Amazon maybe or something like that, where now people can say, hey, I have this skill and it could be graphic design, it could be writing papers or anything or house cleaning. And now they're just doing that on the side. And I see everything shifting from affiliate marketing to the gig economy. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, great business and great marketing starts with a great product or service. So, you know, you 
um, you can't flog a dead horse, you know, so focus on what you're good at, um, whether it's you know, creating great content and, and writing ebooks about a specialist topic you're interested in, or, you know, perhaps you can clean houses, perhaps you have property to let out, perhaps you can you know, drive an Uber, you know, there's 101 things um, you can do, but the success or failure of your business will always come down to the quality of your product or service and um, how you look after people. Right. I always believe in do what you do best and delegate the rest. When it comes to email marketing, what you should be doing is putting that content you're knowledgeable about. You know why your business service product is the best compared to your competitors. Create those awesome emails and let eye contact support you with creating those awesome looking templates if you need one. Um, you know, our support team is there to help you use our product or just give you general information. And that's why we started this podcast is to provide information. And to further this article about, you know, spam, what I wanted to talk about today was getting into the inbox and what you can do to improve deliverability. And we have a whole deliverability team here and advisors that can actually help you and educate you on how you can get into the email inbox. And at the end of the show, uh, what I want to do is provide you a way to access our blog. And there's an article that was written a while back, and it's in relation to a frequently asked question session on a webinar we did called Don't Be a Deliverability Dud. And there's a lot of great questions, and the answers are more important that you should read. But, John, what I wanted to do was share a lot of information about you know, what happens when you send an email and why is it important to know the signals, whether they're good or bad and how it affects getting into the inbox? And, and John, what I'd like to talk about is when you send an email, it comes from your domain, your xyz.com. And what people don't realize is that there's a domain reputation attached to their domain that affects whether or not they get into the inbox. So, um, this is awesome. I mean, there's, there, there was so much goes on behind the scenes when you send an email and even more when you send you know, a mass communication, like a marketing email as well. And, you know, this is why when I speak to entrepreneurs and, and marketeers who tell me that they're building their own email marketing system to manage their email marketing campaigns, um, I ask them if they really know what they're doing and if they have the time to invest in the things they need to do to ensure deliverability because for you know, 10 20 $30 a month, you can buy the services of a company like iContact and have all of the technology in place and all of the human resource in place as well to ensure your emails reach the inbox, um, which... As you say, you know, if you don't know all the things that go on in the background when you send a campaign, you know, um, isn't always guaranteed. And, you know, if you develop a bad sender reputation, you know, not only will your marketing emails, you know, end up in the spam folder or just not get there, um, all of the other emails you send from your business, you know, might get lost in the ether as well. And, you know, can your business afford not to be able to use email as a, as a, as a management tool? That's very important. I don't think people realize that if they do something that's not following general best practices or you know doing the positive things, that they can become blacklisted or be put on a list. You know where servers are going to say, "I'm not going to accept the emails from this domain," and then you won't be able to get emails out. You can try to send them, but nobody's going to receive them. And 
people don't know that. I mean, marketers that have been in business for a long time or have been doing email marketing for more than a few years probably know that. But anybody that is get, is kind of newer into email marketing or a small business owner is not going to know that. There's those technical aspects and then there's the tactical aspects when it comes to email deliverability. And John, you were alluding to the technical, which is what iContact can help provide, whether it's information or the infrastructure. We provide great IP addresses that have great reputations that can help you get into the inbox. We'll help you set up things on your domain, such as SPF or sender policy framework and DKIM, uh, which is domain keys identified mail. And these are things that you attach to your domain that say, number one, the email's coming from who it says it's coming from, and that a provider like iContact has permission to send email on your behalf and not look like we're spoofing your domain. Those are the technical things that are important to set up. And as I mentioned, we have people that can help. And on the tactical side, you want to make sure that you're sending emails to people that want to receive them. In other words, follow CanSpam, GDPR, Castle, get that opt-in. If you have a sign-up form, make sure there's a checkbox saying, I want to receive emails from you. Uh, I see a lot of times, John, where people don't have a checkbox or they just get business cards from people and add them right to their list and start sending to them without getting that explicit opt-in. You know, it's um, it's so important to get into the inbox, and I, I just want to share a, a quick story with you um, from a couple of months ago. I um, I needed a new passport. Uh, my passport was um, um, due to expire, and I was traveling a lot at the beginning of the year, so um, I couldn't afford to wait for uh, a passport to be processed and, and delivered via the mail. So. I um, made an appointment with my um, local or local-ish passport office. It's a town about 100 miles away from where I live um, to get a 24-hour or same-day same day passport service. Um, I booked the appointment and I waited and waited and waited for confirmation of the appointment. I only had a small window of opportunity to go down to this office due to work commitments and other travel commitments um, yeah, to get this passport and nothing came back. So eventually I phoned um, the passport office up and I sat in a queue like you do for 30 minutes waiting for an operator to become available. Um, when I finally spoke to the operator, the operator said, have you checked your spam folder? And um, I did. And the appointment was in the spam folder. Now this is a massive government organization and um, if they can't get emails into um, into my inbox, you know, consider what damage that can do to other businesses who can't get emails in, into inboxes. You know, uh, I needed the passport. I was going to chase it up. But if I was you know, booking an appointment at hairdressers or maybe booking a hotel room or, you know, any other um, of 101 things that we do every single day and I didn't get the email confirmation, you know, I'm probably going to go somewhere else because I'm probably thinking, hey, these guys don't want my business. Because as a rule, I don't check the spam folder. Right. And if businesses have to disclaim that you may need to check your spam folder, they're, they're probably not doing things right. I was listening to a podcast and, and it was talking about Five Guys, Burgers and Fries, which are here in the U.S. I, I think they're overseas too, John. I don't know if they're by you. Do you have any locations? Yeah, we've got them in the U.K. now. 
Okay, awesome. Uh, it spoke about how the founders don't do delivery, and the White House and also the Pentagon tried to place an order and get a delivery where the owner said, you know, we don't deliver. We feel like it degrades our service. And he said, if a business puts in, you know, if it's a, if it's a decent uh, restaurant and they have a sign in the window that says we deliver, that's a sign that they're, they're having financial problems. I don't know holistically if that's true, but that, that was a great story. And it's almost like saying, hey, thank you for signing up for my email newsletter. You should be receiving a welcome email. Oh, and by the way, please check your spam folder because, you know, at times it may go there. Uh, where if you're doing the right things, you could probably negate that. Yeah, I mean, if you compare email marketing to you know, traditional snail mail, you know, you expect the letter to arrive in your letterbox. You know, it doesn't, um, it doesn't arrive in, you know, the, the, the pot plants in your garden or, or, or in your dustbin <laughs> in front of your door. You know, you want it to arrive where you're going to engage with that, um, with that piece of mail. And you know, having your emails go to the spam folder, you know, it might as well just go straight in the bin. Right. <laughs> I love that analogy, John, and <laughs> garden or something, you know, that's funny. Uh, Cause you know, that, like you said, it doesn't happen, but with email marketing, sometimes you don't know where your emails go and to make sure that you get into your email box on the tactical side, what you want to do is make sure that when you send an email that positive things are happening and that's going to be like an open, a click, a forward, you know, Gmail starring it, uh, marking it as important. And there's a term called TINS and Gmail loves this this term. It's called, this is not spam. Therefore, if there is an email in a spam folder and somebody goes in and says, this is not spam, that's actually a sign of good engagement that, hey, maybe this person wanted this email and then maybe other people you know, on our service, Gmail, might want this email. And it says and sends a signal back saying that you're a relevant sender. And if you do these good things and then less of the bad things like email bounces or bad email addresses, people marketing it as spammer, even just neglecting it. If somebody ignores your email for a good period of time, that's actually a bad signal. I like to think of it as a credit score. The more positive things that happen, increase your credit score. The more negative things that happen, decrease it. And if your credit score gets down to a certain level, let's say 60, and I'm just making up a number, these providers like Gmail or Yahoo or even private servers will say, hey, this domain's credit score is low. Let's put more of these emails into the spam folder. And you know, there are things that you can do to make sure that that's not happening. Yeah. I think it's, it's also one of the reasons why a company like iContact, when you um, sign up and register with us and you, you upload your lists, um, it's why we um, test lists first. You know, if you, if you register yeah, 10,000 email addresses with us and you send that first campaign, you know, we're not going to send to 10,000 people straight away. That first campaign is going to be dripped out slowly to ensure that that list has been correctly built and we're not working with spammers because we don't want to work with spammers. Um, so there may be um, a little um, settling in period when you join any reputable email marketing um, companies. So be prepared for that. So if you're building up to a peak um, period um, of, of sales, you know, perhaps we're, we're coming up now to the end of summer, so we've got Halloween, we've got Black Friday coming up, Cyber Monday. Um, now is the time to get your lists in our system and make sure that everything is firing on all cylinders um, before you get to that date when it's mission critical. 
you know, a number of years ago, I um, dealt with a lingerie seller who sent his first email marketing campaign to a huge list that he'd been building up over years, um, you know, two days prior to Valentine's Day. And of course, we needed to check the list for the quality and the campaign didn't go out at the time it was meant to go out. So it's, um, it's like going to the gym and, 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 and putting the training in before you go to a big event and, and, and run that marathon. You need to, you need to test things, um, you know, so, so get, in, get into the system now, and by the time the peak period comes, you'll be in good shape. Right, yeah. Eye contact is a permission-based email marketing platform. That means you, know, you definitely have to have permission to email folks on your list. And that actually helps you because we only have great customers that send good emails to their subscribers, which keeps our IP addresses pristine and able to help you get into the inbox as long as you have a good domain reputation. And one of the best things you can do to increase your domain reputation is list hygiene. Taking a look at people who haven't opened an email in, say, six months or a year, depending on how often you send, and sending them either one email or a series of emails saying, hey, we noticed you haven't been opening our emails. Do you want to stay on our list? And those that engage, keep them. And those that don't, you should cut them or clean them off your list because, as I mentioned, non-engagement or non-opening emails actually degrades your sender reputation. And by removing them, you're cutting the dead weight. Your open rate's going to automatically shoot up a little bit. And then you're going to send a signal to the recipient servers that you're sending to people that actually want your emails. That is the number one best way to increase your quote unquote credit score. Yeah. I think it's um, probably down to the fact that email marketing is so cost efficient and cost effective. I, I don't like to say cheap, um, but, but people don't do this. They don't see the value in, in, in cutting um, names out of their list, cutting the dead wood out. And they really should because when their list is, as I say, firing from all cylinders, they will see so much more return from it. It will be so much more successful. And even though it will cost a fraction of a penny or a fraction of a cent to send an email to you know, a single um, email address, um, that's still money you're spending if it's not arriving, or it's not being engaged, or the person's no longer interested. You only really want to promote your business to people who are potentially interested in your products or services. And some marketers will say, well, I don't want to remove people because they're going to buy from me at some point. And in getting into the inbox, they probably see my email, see my company name and this brand recognition. And at some point, they're going to need to buy something from me. To me, it's not worth the risk. You can always add somebody back later or use other methods of engaging people like with retargeting ads or social media to stay front of mind. But email marketing is, again, a relationship type of marketing platform. And you only want to talk to people that really want to engage and consume with your emails. Otherwise, you're going to hurt your ability to get into the inbox. And the thing is, if people aren't currently buying from you, um, you know, give them a reason to buy. You know, give them a great offer. Um, you know, write a great subject line. You know, send them a really useful and engaging piece of thought leadership. You know, give them a reason to engage with your emails. You, know, you don't necessarily have to sell to them all of the time. And if it is a branding exercise, yeah, you want to be 
sending people out. You want to be taking people to your blog. You want to be taking people to your podcast or your YouTube videos or however you're promoting your business. But give them a reason to open that email and click on it. And yeah, they, they may buy from you later, but we want constant engagement. That's right. And if you are new to email marketing or, you know, you're a startup, find some help, read some blog articles and look for resources that are going to help you have engaging content and, you know, look to craft those engaging subject lines. iContact has a subject line guide with 501 examples that we put together, which can be found on our website. It will actually link to it in the show notes. It's something you could download. It's a free resource and uh, it takes real world data and correlates that to certain subject lines and what open rate they had, whether it was good or bad. Uh, we're going to tell you which subject lines you probably should use and which ones maybe you should stay away from. And then follow other general best practices that, you know, people in your industry are doing or in general. Take a look at emails that you like and admire. You know, what are you receiving that you like and why is it that you like it? Can you take some of those ideas and put those into your email campaigns? And you know, maybe it's a big brand name and you're doing something right and just do some research and, you know, listen to what John and I are saying, read blog articles and maybe listen to some podcasts like this one <laughs> and i'm always telling people to do more as well you know i want people to get out of the mindset of that monthly email newsletter um, i want people to get out of the mindset of publishing a blog because it's you know tuesday um you know you should be pushing out as much relevant and engaging and timely content as possible and this is important for a number of reasons um but Primarily, um, I want to talk about the Pareto Principle, which is often referred to as the 80-20 rule. And the Pareto Principle dictates that 80% of your profits will come from 20% of your activities. So if you look at a retail shop, 80% of their retail profits will come from just 20% of their stock. Now, rather depressingly for us marketeers, that means that 80% of your marketing activities will have very little impact on your business. So if you're looking at sending, you know, a monthly email newsletter, so that's 12 emails over the course of a year, a quick maths time, how much is how much is that? Nine or 10 of those emails will, will, will do very little for you. So you need to increase your frequency. Yeah, switch it up to once a week or multiple times a week. If you think you're sending too many emails already, you probably aren't because you want to get to that stage where you find those 20% that really, really work for you. And I, I came to this conclusion um, well, a long time ago, really, but... I was reminded of it when I was looking at some analytics from um, my blog uh, a few weeks ago. And the same thing applies. 80% of the blogs that I post get very little traffic. 20% yeah, go viral and get hundreds or thousands of impressions. Um, it's hard to work out which ones will always work for you, um, which ones won't. And sometimes you, you can't even second guess it. You can adopt any number of best practices and you can um, you know, add marginal gains to every, every post you publish or every email you send. But um, you know, game the system you know, by doing more. 
Yeah, I don't think there's a formula for success. If I write in this style or if I write exactly four paragraphs or if I write on this topic only, I'll have more consumption, right? And and it really is just getting content out there, more of it. And just remember that everything has a historical value. Emails, people can go back into their inbox and search or look for your email again. And blog posts, they have historical value. People can go back, find them, or maybe come across it during a Google search. Therefore, it's not a waste of time to create and send you know, your email campaigns or creating blog posts or even videos because there is a way for people to see it historically and it provides value and it might be informative. The only thing is just be careful with, you know, deadlines and certain specials, maybe, maybe they have uh, an expiration date, but all the other information in that content is valuable. Yeah. I often refer to content uh, as a foot soldier. It's something that goes into battle and, and it fights for you. Um, you know, so produce that content that's going to win the war for you. Um, and, you know, obviously the bigger your army, the more successful you're going to be. I like that. <laughs> the more numbers you have, the more chances you have to win, right? Exactly. Now, it's not necessarily a numbers game. You also have to blend this with best practices. Right. And you also have to um, you know, blend it with being in the right place at the right time in front of the right people. But, um, you know, as I say, some things will work, some things won't work. Um, and if you follow the Pareto principle, you know, a greater number of things won't work than do work. So be prolific. So what you're saying is equip your content soldiers with great tools like eye contact email marketing. 100%. <laughs> and on that very commercial message, I think we'll call it, um, call it a day today, Hank. Um, if you have any questions about any of the topics that we're um, talking about, we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with myself, John Hayes, on Twitter at John underscore W underscore Hayes. And um, Hank, your Twitter address is? Just Hank Hoffmeyer. Uh, you can also find us um, by sending an email to podcast at icontact.com. The podcast is um, obviously um, positioned on the iContact site at icontact.com forward slash podcast. And you can also find us on iTunes and all good other podcast channels. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the article about the Spam King and then also the blog post that I mentioned, Don't Be a Deliverability Dud. Awesome. So with that, my name is John Hayes. And this is Hank Hoffmeyer. And we've been talking about email marketing. Cheers, y'all. Cheers.